um, Galatians 5, verse 13 through 16, and then we're going to go down to 22 and 23. This is part B. This is how we lead. It reads as such, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Go down, verse 22, verse 22, it reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. We're going to spend time going over the love, the joy, the peace, forbearance, kindness. We talked about last week. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Put some things in the context. Put some things in context. This is how we lead. This is the topic of today. This is how we lead. And so we're so excited about what we did this past this Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, everybody's serving turkeys. And one of my friends' church, they gave out hundreds of turkeys with another church and some other businesses as well. And they gave out turkeys and boxes of goods. And we also, the Saturday before on friend, friend, Friendsgiving, Friendsgiving, we partnered with the Harvest Center. And we, through them, they did all the work. We just showed up. They gave out hundreds of turkeys and sneakers and shoes and groceries. People were, we were giving. It was called, it's like servant leadership. And then we spent the Saturday afternoon in the Thomasboro community, serving hot meals in partnership with the Dream Center. And that was amazing. This is the season of giving. You can get people to give. And then this past Thanksgiving, we did our, we did a fundraiser, 5K, the second annual Bearwick Turkey Trot. Woo! <laughs> a 3.17-mile run through the community of Berwick. It was awesome. I, Rachel and I did not run. We volunteered. We pointed to people, go that way. <laughs> go that way. But we played our part. We played our part. We co-sponsored it. And that was amazing. We had over almost 200 people show up for that. Uh, so it doubled the size of last year. And, you know, so we are, you see, we do a lot of partnership, right? We do a lot of partnership because we believe that a servant leader, if somebody's doing something, we want to be right there with them. We are the tip of the spear. We're leaders. We're showing people that we, are, we, we love the Lord. If he's leading, we're going to lead right with the, We're going to lead, too. This is our community as well. And next year, we'll have a 5K through Airsley. We're talking about that with our partners downstairs. We're really excited about that as well. But then a Friday, Saturday morning, Saturday morning, being Thanksgiving weekend, we thought it would be difficult to get brothers out. And so we reached out, Pixel Play asked us to come out. That's Kendrick James, the video game truck, one of, one of the guys from the church, asked us to partner with him to feed the homeless in the men's shelter. And man, let me tell you something. We, a lot of us are only, only one check away. One month off, and the reality of it is, is that could be us. And every time we get the opportunity to serve the men at the men's shelter, reality starts to creep in on us because it lets us know how blessed we truly are. It lets us see men who, who are going through some very hard and difficult times, but even in the midst of all those, they have joy coming from them. You can't tell me to, now every black man, one in four black men in America under the age of 40 are somehow connected to the justice system, which means they're incarcerated or on parole or in court getting ready to be incarcerated. 
But let me tell you, when I, when I witnessed the joy coming through those men, though, I could see that even in the struggle, I saw them getting on buses to go to work on a Saturday morning. Or getting their stuff ready to go and go to work on a Saturday morning. They were being excited about the fact that now I have a job and now I can afford an apartment. That is her testimony and being excited about a hot meal. Sometimes we don't know how good we really have it. We really don't know. So this is, we, this is how we lead. How we lead is we came and we served them without title, without having a mark. We all wore the same apron. We, he's with this church. He's with this church. He's with this organization. It didn't even matter. It was just we were serving men, <coughs> our brothers. And we greeted them with, good morning, brother. How you doing? Hey, good, sir. How you doing, sir? And, and you know, you're supposed to do that, but let me tell you, just to see the camaraderie between us and them and how the, the quality, the parity of being brothers. What was also astounding was the fact that there were very few people outside of the African-American race that were there. I think it made up at least over 90 plus percent of the people whom we served were black men. Even a few, you know, after that was a few white men, but then I can tell you there were very few Latinos, if any, at all. In the city where we're only 30% of the population, or 35% of the population of black people, but in the men's shelter, we are 90 plus percent. And, and you think about this, in the 35% African-American city of Charlotte, about half of them are men. So only 17% of the city are black men, but 90 plus percent of the men in the men's shelter are black men. We have work to do. We have work to do. But this is how we lead. We lead through the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is how we lead. See, but to get to that place of leading is such, you have to be filled with his Holy Spirit because those are fruits of the Spirit. We talked last week about the fact that, you know, when I grew up, and I still believe this to be true, when you, when you spoke in tongues, it was a manifestation of you being filled with the Holy Spirit. I still believe in the power of tongues. Because we don't know what else to say. <laughs> That sacred tongue starts to come out. And then Satan can't hear it. But, but then I come to realize that I saw so many people speaking in other tongues, but then they lived lives that I didn't want to be connected to because they weren't very Christ-like. Sunday, they were speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. And then Monday, they was hitting the Bible, smoking a cigarette in the back, and chasing after the women. And I'm like, well, I... How does that, you know? But then you get to the passage of scripture and we realize that, yes, it's cool to speak in tongues. Even, even Peter said that. It's cool. I want you to speak in tongues. That's cool. But, but, but the fruit of the Spirit that I know you feel with the Holy Spirit is that you show love, that you have joy, peace in your life, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and you have some sense of self control. Uh, how many of us had self-control Thursday? I mean, I tell you, I, wait, I only ate one time Thursday. I was so proud of myself. I was so proud. I was so proud. <laughs>
Now, when I ate that one time, I won't tell you how much I ate that one time, but I ate one time. <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving, I ate one time. Thanksgiving, one time, one time. And, and then I, I worked out. I, I started my three to four mile um, walk jog. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not doing weights until January 1st to get my thing kicked in. So I started that. I actually started that a couple weeks ago. And I started lifting weights again yesterday. So I'm back uh -oh. to lifting weights. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, coming, I'm coming for you, boy. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm coming for you. Coming for you. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Because, you know, if you don't know that I'm, I'm a miracle, I'm a miracle. A couple years ago, I went to the hospital. Um, I had a hernia because I, I don't know what I was doing, but I had a hernia. And I went in for like 15 minutes and put me under 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes turned into about six to eight hours of being out. I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia. And they had me on life support. So I pretty much just died. And so right before we started the church. And so I've been hesitant and going back to lifting weights again because I didn't experience it because I was out, but my family did. They experienced it, and 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 to hear them say that you know, and you, I was done. It was it was the end. I was bounced. I was on my way to heaven. But so, but I come to realize now. But I've decided to get back in the swing of things because I understand now. I serve such a great God that. Mm, so what? If it happens, I'm good with it. I just don't want to go through the pain of going on, but I'm good with it. And I think when you get to that place in life where you understand that God is so great, it gets you to a place of freedom. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel free to lift again. I was throwing them up. Not really throwing them, but it sounds good to say you're throwing them up. But you know, I was... But it sounds good to say I'm throwing them up, right? <laughs> How can I lead if I'm not living a life that others, that I profess, but are not leading myself? How can I get men to follow me if I'm not being the man that I say you should be? So I'm working out, lifting again, getting myself together, praying even harder. One thing about me is you are not going to outpray me. We got we got a prayer cont cont um, contest. I'm gonna pray. You're not gonna outfast me. One time, uh, I remember Tony said he was fasting for three days. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. You fasting for three days? Let me get on my fast too, cause you're not gonna outfast me. I'm gonna lead. This is how we lead. we lead from the front. But need to be an example. See, as believers, you need to live a life that when non-believers see you, they say, "Woo! This is how they, this is what a believer is." How can you get the unsaved to come and be saved when they look at you and not pleased with what they see? This is how we lead. We lead from the front. We set the example and the tone. But the fruit of the Spirit, we say, is love. We talked about that last week just to go over a couple things. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will in favor and a good name in the sight of God. And man, that's love. That's love all around you. Joy. We get to six when we start over again. Just refresh. Joy is number two. Number two is joy. Joy. It says this in Romans 12, 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. 
honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual purpose. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope. <laughs> Joy. See, being joyful in hope, it says, in the next part it says, Patient in affliction. See, joyful in hope that even in the midst of your affliction, you still have joy. See, when the Spirit is inside of you, you have joy regardless of your situation because you know that God still has everything in control. The third one is peace. Psalms 46 and 10 says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He says, be still. Peace is when you find comfort in being still and knowing that he is God. Woo! That's powerful. Because see, in that submission of being still, God is raising you up and being strong. See, having the fruit of the Spirit is knowing that you can find peace in the midst of your affliction because there's hope. you're living on a hope for tomorrow. I love it. Don't you? I like that. That's a good one. And forbearance. What is forbearance? Restraint and tolerance. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this. No, I'm good. just go. Romans 5, 8 says this. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. See, what God did was he had some restraint and tolerance of us. He showed forbearance. Because in the midst of our sin, Christ still Knowing that Barrett was going to be trifling in 2019, Jesus still hung on the cross. And God did not take him down. He showed tolerance even those who were abusing his only begotten. Even Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They showed tolerance, forbearance, and restraint. Jesus said, I could have easily called legions. Woo! But he did not. They showed restraint. So we as leaders must show some restraint, some forbearance, some tolerance of those who are trifling around us, knowing that that's one more I can save. That just gives me more opportunity to speak into their life. You know, that's how we lead. We don't condemn sinners. We save sinners. Because we are all sinners saved by what? Grace. Kindness for the spirit. But when the kindness of love, Titus 3 and 4 says this, 3, 4 and 5. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Woo! Because of his mercy. That's kindness. Where is your kindness? So let's get started with today. Goodness. 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 Now, it's one of the things, you know, there's opposite is good and then there's bad. Good and bad. We're focused on goodness. What is goodness? Goodness is when you just say everything is good. Goodness is when showing the, the favor of God. Goodness is being pleasing to others. Goodness is being kind to others. Goodness is being shaking one's hand, showing a smile, giving a hug, speaking positively, giving inspiration. That's goodness. Ephesians 4, 29, 32 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom we were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Goodness. Not condemning, not speaking down on, because they don't live a life that you are pleasing to you. Who are you to, to judge another person? We are not, we don't sit in a position of judgment. We share the good news. We share the good news. But me sharing the good news is not me judging you. It's me telling you this is what the good news is. The Bible. The gospel. That's what we do. And we share it in a way that we are still showing kindness and compassion to each other. Forgiving others. Who even wronged you? How have you been wrong before? We all been wrong. Matter of fact, you've been wrong recently. But the point is, even in the midst of you being wrong, we still have a responsibility to show goodness. The same mercies God's given to us, we need to continue to share that. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are a reflection of God. Yes. I love that part. Because see, this is how we lead. We lead from the front by being examples of God. Amen. 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 excited about this myself because I need to hear this myself. <laughs> faithfulness. It says faithfulness. It says here for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness and faithfulness. To the church of Smyrna the Lord writes these words here. It says these words here in Revelation the second chapter and the 10th and 11th verse. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, he says to the church, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The, the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Faithfulness. What is the second death? The second death is that fire and brimstone. That's the second death. See, that's a death that doesn't end, though. So what he's saying is, the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Mm, no hurt with that. Because, see, one who believes has life eternal. That's right. We all have to leave here and go somewhere. We all have to leave earth and go somewhere when it's all said and done. That's right. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get confused by the new age Science of it ends in dirt. No, it doesn't end with ashes. See, see, we are filled with the Holy Spirit because we are spiritual beings who are walking in flesh. But we're spiritual beings. We were created by God's Spirit. See, if you know God is so powerful that we have to even come close to Him in spiritual form. We can't come physically to God because it it wouldn't work out. It didn't work out for Moses. And all he saw was a Shadow. Immediately turn white is gray. Gray is white. White gray. Gray white. Huh. All the same. But here it says, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death. No matter what you're going through, understand God does not test us. The devil does. 
God loves us so much. See, he ain't laid out for us. God laid out what we have to do. Ask for forgiveness. Get it right together. Get on your feet and walk again. Come on, get it together. Let's see, the devil will come like he did for Jesus. After Jesus was 40 days of fasting and praying, in his weakest physical form, the devil came to him and looked the fourth chapter, and he laid out three different things to him. You know, worship me, and I'll give you all this. But see, that's temptation. That's tempting. See, God is not looking for those who fall under temptation. He was looking for those who fall under faithfulness. Where's your loyalty? Where's your loyalty? Let me tell you something about the church. Let me tell you about church. Church lacks people with loyalty. I said it. What the church does have people who are loyal to God. Because no matter what you're going through, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I get up to serve God. I get excited about God. I, I, I love Sunday morning. If it's packed or just my wife and I, I'm loving it because I'm faithful. Because I realize God is only going to bless those who are faithful. That's it. If he said to do it, you do it. God's looking for some loyalty, some faithfulness, some folk who can be tested by shortcomings, Dry season, darkness, God's looking for those who say, so what? I'm with God. The master of all things, the maker of heaven and earth. God's looking for some faithful people who at one point, you, you know, to the point of death. I'm telling you, I was, I was, Romeo tell you, I was dead. I was barely holding on. I was on life support right before we started the church. Which convinced me it's time for us to start this church. Then I knew that if, if the devil was going to try to kill me, whoo, that's exciting. Because he, if he hadn't tried, it would have been some worry. But he tried to, whoo, ah. But see, because I know that at some point in time, verse uh, 10 says, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Let's get our crown. But to get your crown, you got to be faithful. To get your crown, you got to be faithful. Gentleness. Gentleness. The next one is gentleness. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. By doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Gentleness. You don't even know who you in the company of. You don't even know. You don't even know. But I tell you, I think about this. My grandmother was a holy woman. She, she, my grandmother knew the Bible. She was just, you sit there do Bible study, and you reading the Bible, and she's speaking out ahead of you before you say what the verse is, and she don't have a Bible. She just knew it. I mean, she just knew the Bible. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, she was, she's an icon in our, our city because so many people have been saved by her, and so many people have been whipped by her. I mean, she whipped a lot of people. She's from the South. She believes in whipping. You go to church, you show up, she's going to whip you there. But anyway, the, I remember I remember, I preached one time in a packed church, in a, not even a home church, a different church, and it was packed. And I, I said, raise your hand. Here I got whooped by my grandmother, Mother Austin. And half the people raised their hand. That means, I mean, back in the day, if you everybody had freedom to let it loose, let it loose. But anyway. I remember uh, 
when the Jehovah Witness would come to the door at her house, you know, a lot of us, they hear the door knocking. We start to duck and start to hide and everything. Now my grandmother, she comes to the door like, oh, come on in, come on in. Just, oh, come on in. And then they would start talking, and then she would start trying to save them. You know, bring them over on this side. And it was a wonderful thing, but what she told me was what I learned from this experience, because everybody else was running from the doorway, she ran to open the doorway. She said these things show hospitality because you don't know what, who you're in the presence of. You don't know if it's an angel or an opportunity. See, well, we're running from them, and she's like, this is an opportunity. I don't even know who's coming in my, this could be the day. They either they saved or they raised my level of understanding of God. So I tried it with some Mormons when I was in grad school. And let me tell you, we would get there and they had a Bible out. We go to Bible, Bible to Bible. But I, I never saved one, but what it did for me would make me a better believer. It made me stronger. So you don't know who you're in the company with. You may get blessed by somebody who may be an angel. Who just came on by to bless you, but you want to be ignorant because they ain't looking like you. They're not smelling good like you. They're not driving a nice car like you. They're living in a nice house like you, but you don't even know. So what we have to do is remind ourselves to be gentle and show gentleness to everybody. This is how we lead. Number nine, or number ten, self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Self-control, number 10. Like a city whose walls are broken through a person who lacks self-control. Proverbs 25, 28. Proverbs is a great book. I, I recommend reading Proverbs every day. If it's the 25th of the, of the month, read Proverbs 25. Start your day off with that in a psalm. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Proverbs 16.32 says, says this, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Better a patient person. Have some self-control. 2 Peter 1, 5-7 says this, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, add this on. And to self-control, add self-control. Perseverance, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For this very reason, this very effort, add to your faith goodness, to, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. You have to have self-control. You have to have self-control. If, you know, you know, when Jesus was in the garden, and, 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 and he got betrayed, and Judas came and kissed him on the cheek. And then one of the disciples came and took the sword and took off the ear. He had no self-control. It wasn't supposed to go down like that. Jesus already said, I have to do this. Oh, if I have to do this, they got to capture me. He had no self-control. What Jesus did immediately, did, he went, took up the man's ear, the soldier's ear, put it on, and he performed another miracle. By performing another miracle, he made another follower in the same process. We too, we can't be like Peter. We have to have some sense of self-control. Well, part of me loves the fact that Peter 
was man up, outnumbered, and still went for his. Part of me, but at the same time, I, we have to understand that we have to align ourselves like soldiers of the cross and follow our general, our leader. And if he shows self-control, we too need to show self-control. If he were to do what he justly has a right to do for all the wrong that we have done, he could come and wipe us out. But he chooses not to. He sent his son to take away all of our sins, then to give us grace and mercy to follow us all the days of our life. He shows self-control by just being tolerant, showing forbearance, being goodness, holding back. He's shown some self-control. Then we too have to show some self-control. I tell you, I only ate one meal on Thanksgiving. I only ate one meal on Thanksgiving. But the plate, I'm gonna tell you, but I mean with there's only one meal. <laughs> there's one big turkey. I eat the whole turkey. I did not eat the whole turkey. Just, you know, just that part. You know, just you know. the part that was on the plate. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The part I like the part that was on the plate. I showed a sense of self-control. We close out. This is how we lead. Through the Spirit of God. For the fruit of the Spirit is how we lead. We show the Spirit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When all adds up at the end of the day, it ends up with just one thing, love. Love. Love everybody. And if you love everybody, you fill with the Holy Spirit, then these things will be your manifestation that we know that you will fill with the Holy Spirit. But how you engage other people, how you lead at the Parliament Church, we're leaders. Saved by grace, called from darkness and brought into the light to save a world around us, to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Regardless of what we're going through, we have hope in the midst of our affliction. We know that God is still on the throne. And it gives us the very confidence in the hills and the valleys of life. It doesn't change. Because we have the fruit of the Spirit. Whew, to God be the glory. Let's give God a hand praise in this way. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Yes, 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 yes. There may be somebody here who needs to hear the word of the Lord today, who needs to feel the presence of God today. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that whatever you're going through, you will get through it. Because there's God. <laughs> he remains the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he says he gives us hope in the midst of our affliction. I'm so excited some of you are doing well. I'm so excited you're doing well in life. I'm so excited that God has blessed you with a wonderful home, a beautiful car, a great family. I, I understand that. But there's somebody who's going through this season of Christmas, the season of Thanksgiving, who is losing hope in tomorrow because they're in dire straits. Amen? But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father God, for those who are, are here, those who are watching us live today, Father, we ask right now, the Lord, just show up in their place, dear Father, the place of residence, the place of where they sit, Lord. Build up and restore. Bring forth brilliance through your light and your love. Illuminate their home with your presence. Let your spirit flow strong and mighty in their life, Father. Give them the understanding that they can have hope for tomorrow because you are still
still God. And you'll never forsake us. That you'll be with us to the very end of the ages. That your power whoo, will lift us. So Father, now, make this end of the year the greatest end of the year that we've ever experienced in our lives. Let us walk with the comfort of knowing we've been set free. We can walk in the liberty of your love, of your power and your authority in all that we do. Hallelujah, God. In the name of Jesus. Father, for those who seek to be saved today, Father, forgive them of their sins. Give them a new day. As they confess today, Father, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that Jesus came, died, and rose again the third day with our power in his hand. Came to save a wretch like you and like me today, Father. Bless those now. If you receive that today, you are saved in Jesus' name. I declare and decree, hallelujah, that your tomorrow will be better than your yesterday. That your future will be brighter than your past. And that God will never forsake you and promises to bring prosperity into your life. Finances, love, and relationships. And all that you do for the kingdom will be glorified. And if you stay in this race, you'll get that crown of glory. <laughs> On this day, in Jesus' name, I declare it. Amen.